We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm up your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Sunday evening, CMOS girlies. It is episode 64. We're talking about CBD today. This is Emma. This is Kate. We've been waiting to do this episode for probably since the first time we ever made an episode brainstorm list. We always knew that like we should talk about CBD just because it is like so prevalent in like health and wellness, but I just like do not engage with CBD like at all. Like there's this one random company, I think like a year ago that sent me they're like CBD oil. I'm looking at it right now. And it was $130. I'm not even like a fourth way, like through it. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just like CBD is just like one of those things that just like has not like stuck with me. It's not because I'm like, Ooh, like CBD, like we like, I'm scared or whatever, but I'm just like, I like, I don't know. I'd rather just take like L-theanine and magnesium, I suppose. Yeah. I've had a lot of random CBD products in my arsenal before. However, I've never been consistent, which is like my own fucking problem. But I just, it's like a joke supplement to me. Not actually like we'll get into the research and there is efficacy behind it, but I treat it like a joke. Like I will take a CBD supplement before a run and then I'll like rub some CBD gel on my butt. Like if I have like butt pain, like it's just, I don't use it strategically, which is my own fucking issue. I mean, Um, like me neither. And like, I feel like my real like introduction almost to CBD was like unfortunately through like all those CBD beverages and I'm just like this is like fake I'm like not actually buying it for like CBD purposes else yeah um, also I, I sent you this on Instagram but I keep getting ads for like have you drank recess before or vibes before you might enti- be entitled to a lawsuit like a class action lawsuit I'm like are these ads fake who the fuck's funding these I remember the one that you sent me about vibes which I think is like so funny yeah um, the only other CBD I've tried, um, I don't know. We'll get into it in the pod. We'll, we'll mention some brands later in the pod, but have you been eating anything fun this week? I when I got our PR from Bob's Red Mill, or did we talk about that last week? I don't know if we've talked about- When did about... we podcast? Last Saturday? <laughs> I like truly- Yeah, last Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got those Bob Red Mill packages. We got like the craziest stuff. Shout out, shout out Bob's. We love y'all. Um, chia seeds we got this like almond okay you, this is what I've been doing with almond protein powder yep so yep. on the back of the Bob's Red Mill like almond protein powder which like also crazy like you always just see like pea protein and whatnot but it's like high protein like almond butter and the recipe is literally just like two cups of like the protein powder mixed with like water and sea salt and I was like hmm this sounds like some like pb2 bullshit yeah and so I was like you know what it has like a lot of protein so I just like have been taking like a few tablespoons here and there mixing it with water does not taste like almond butter at all obviously but I've just been making these like midday protein mush bowls with like that and then like mulberries and like blueberries and like cacao nibs and like it's been hitting but I'm just like what are you consuming Emma like what is this weird like pasty like sugar cookie dough like mixture that you're consuming that has been my after dinner snack actually I've been doing the same 
I'll add some psyllium husks so it gets like a little bit goopy, but that kind of freaks me out. Oh, another thing that I've been doing, this is a weird supplement vendor that I went down, everyone. I went to Elm Dragon Wellness in New York because I have fungus on my shoulders, notoriously. If you've, you know, you've seen my TikToks or anything like that. I thought it was sunburn. I thought it was sunspots. And then someone on TikTok diagnosed me with it. So I freaked out, got some fungal cream. However, I was like, maybe I go get a holistic treatment. You know, I'm, I'm a slut for a weird holistic remedy, right? Like rub some like sea buckthorn on my shoulders. I was into the weird stuff. So Elm Drug and Wellness, if you live in New York, it's on 7th Avenue and the founder or the owner of the business, he's really chatty if you talk to him. I think his name's Tom. Uh, he's a dude, he's an older dude. He's been like in the health and wellness business for a while and he's really fun to talk to. So I went and asked him about stuff. I already was going to buy beetroot powder as like a pre-workout or not a pre-workout, but a post-workout thing. I've read it a lot in like athletic journals and stuff. It's a good supplement. It's getting L-theanine. So I asked him about which brand he liked. And then I was in the collagen section and I noticed that they didn't have vital proteins, which I thought was like one of the better brands. I've had it before. And maybe I've just been familiar with it, right? So I Googled while I'm in the store, best collagen companies. And like, I think it's Great Lakes or Hydro Lakes or some shit comes up. Mm-hmm. So he, I asked him like, hey, I noticed like you don't have vital proteins. Like, like why? Or like, what are, what are your favorite ones here? And he was like, oh, Vital Proteins has been bought by Nestle. It's like super bad. Like it's all bullshit capitalism now. So he didn't have any collagen that wasn't unflavored. And so he he guides me over to buy gelatin, like straight up gelatin, which is basically just like a a compound within collagen. So it has the same benefits and like proprietary like uses. But he said, if y'all want to get crazy and you have some gelatin lying around, I doubt any of the fucking listeners will um, take gelatin boil it with like water to actually like make some jello mess thing add lemon juice or like apple cider vinegar or some sort of like fruity flavor put it over an ice cube tray and you can have gelatin gummies he said that old women are coming in and doing that in the health store i feel like you could you could go crazy with that you could do like i mean i don't want to like give out like suggestions but like elderberry gummies or like turmeric gummies like i, I feel was like thinking like if you got kombucha stuff. or something like a flavor mm. Yeah, that'd be good. Maybe like a poppy. Um, So yeah, girlies, that's a new thing that I have been consuming. I've just been mixing my gelatin with like oats, which is kind of gross because it makes the oats like super weird texture. But I will eat any weird texture at this point in my life. I have no limits to that. Um, Oh yeah, we we are queens of just eating mushy substances. (laughs) I got some oat house from, I think I mentioned that last week, but I've already been through two jars in like half a week, which is awesome for me. Um, I've been really into mulberries. I like ate an entire bag from Dubles, like literally within a week. I'm also back on honey. You've like inspired me. I don't know why I took a break from honey. Um, and yeah, also chia seed jam. I've been making like chia seed jam three times a week. So I just like run through that like it's nobody's business smart I've been really thinking I have so much I have those frozen mango from Trader Joe's which is like been sitting in my freezer for maybe like a year now I just never really like fancy a mango compared to other fruit and I keep thinking like could I make a jam a chia seed jam with mango I think that would be disgusting that would be a specific flavor for sure. Uh, I tried to make, you know, my own milks like last week and then I've been doing it with hemp seeds and it just gets like smelly. Like it just gets gross after like two days and I'm like, I'm going to buy milk. No more milk made shit. Yeah. I I bought hemp seeds today and I was thinking like, Hmm, maybe I can make my hemp milk again. But I'm like, no, I, I, I decided that like, I don't enjoy making my own milk. Also, it's just like, I feel like it honestly probably ends up being more expensive because it like makes like half a cup. And whatever, you know, you can be milkmaid in other ways. Yeah. Someone, I think in Geneva said you can make uh, not milk from tahini. But okay, I'm well, like- you know, it's so crazy that Malk brand I've seen, they like redid like their ingredient list and packaging and everything, but now their almond milk is made from like almond paste. And I've seen like all those brands where it's like, you know, the, like, I don't remember what the name is, but it's like, they literally sell like almond paste to like make almond milk. Yeah. So like, yeah, maybe just blend tahini with water. Like at this point, who cares? I'm just like, okay, I'll just eat tahini, I guess. Like, I just don't, I don't know why I get in that mindset too, where I'm like, okay, I'm going to put tahini on my salad. I don't want tahini in my milk too. Like I, I love to act like I'm some God and I want to eat all my, all these different things. 
Could I make chia seed milk? Ew. I have so many chia seeds and I like make jam out of it here and there, but I'm like, I have no other way to use fucking chia seeds. I will not be making pudding ever. Sorry, guys. I mean, like, gotta get crazy with baking. Just like do chia seed <sighs> Baking. I'm on my fucking 13th reason is baking anything. Baking anything, being chill is another thing we can't do. But, you know, this episode's about being chill. Um, we also, I don't think we've made any memes about CBD. So sorry if you're a girly that's like CBD is one of your favorite wellness things and you felt like- I feel like, like you- we do when we like talk about like weird like nootropic beverages, but like that's the extent. Um, but sorry if you're not feeling seen by us. It's no dig at you personally. We still love you, CMOS girlies. Um, but I think also too, this is like comes up, will come up in the episode, but- there's a little bit of issues with social media and how you can even talk about CBD. So I'm like, I don't want any of our memes to get fucking flagged by TikTok or by Instagram, you know, big meta. Not, not worth to lose the meme page over CBD. Yeah. And I'm like, can I have the words, the letter CBD in my title or will Apple take this out? Right. Not a game I'm willing to play. <laughs> I need, I need to Google it because sometimes like TikTok, your videos can get taken down unless you spell it out like S-E-E-B-E-E-D-E-E. I'm like, this is so sad. What the hell? That's like kindergarten behavior. Yeah, truly kindergarten. But we're going to give you guys the deets about CBD. So we hope you enjoy the episode. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it. For me, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. This completely changed once I started taking Athletic Greens. It tastes so good that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, Athletic Greens contains dairy-free probiotics. And let me tell you, my digestion has never been better. Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, CMOS girlies, did you know dates are hot right now? No, no, we're not talking about dinner dates with your crush. We're talking about these delicious sweet superfruit. We're here today with our friends at Julie's. Dates are trending, and for a good reason. Julie's dates are a perfect sugar-sweet swap as you ditch refined sugar and start your new year strong. They may look ugly, but they taste like caramel, and they're loaded with antioxidants, and they're low in the glycemic index, so they won't make you crash. Dates are delicious on top of a dessert potato or a bowl of oats. Julie's dates have more potassium than a banana per ounce, so they're good for recovery for our fitness girlies. These dates come in the cutest boxes with sustainable packaging, and they're farm organically grown as well, which will make you smile. So if you want to try out Julie's, you can use code CMOSGirlies at checkout for 20% off your order. Now back to the show. 
All right, CMOS girlies, let's get chill. I hope you're on a silly little walk and you're in a Zen mode, nothing stressing you out. Maybe if you have some stress in your life, this episode will chill you out. Um, Cause you know, I've been stressed this week. I'm sure Emma's been stressed this week and we all can- Life's just stressful, y'all. Life just be stressful. Turns out that's how society is these days, unfortunately. So some basic info, Emma and I are both very CBD illiterate, if you don't know. So this episode might not, you guys might look, listen to this and just say, these dumb bitches. I knew everything in this episode. Amazing. That's why yeah, we proof that Kate it. and I are not like true wellness experts when it comes to everything. We are still beginners in many fields of study. And that's why we were happy we have the CBOS girlies because some of you are very proficient in like really specific niches that we have no idea about. Someone was talking about like, I don't even know, like making, it wasn't making kombucha because I feel like that's like a common thing but it was like making your own tea, like your herbal tea is like how to source that. And I was like, y'all are talented. I, Cause I frankly don't know. <laughs> um, so the basic info, basic, basic info. So if you're like, what the fuck is CBD? Is it weed? Like, what do I do? Can I have it? Depending on who you can ask, CBD oil can be a miracle cure to some people. It can cure all their ailments. It can be a snake oil thing. A lot of people are skeptical of CBD if it has any efficacy, if all of it is like scammy products that are just trying to take your money. Um, But I would say most people are in the camp where it's like this vague in-between state about CBD where you might think like, oh, it's like pot, but it's like, doesn't make you high. I think that's like my biggest, like if I had to describe it in under few words, I would just say it has, you know, chills you out, but you don't get high. That's all I really- I'll probably explain it to my dad. Yeah. Like my parents, I don't, I don't really know. I don't even know if my parents like drug history, whatever the fuck, but whenever I talk about CBD, I'm just kind of like, guys, it's like chill. Like I'm not getting high. Like I, I, you know, it's just a thing. Um, so the most commonly known compounds in cannabis, um, you might know of as THC and CBD. And that's like where this episode kind of comes in. So CBD is one of the more, or one of, one of more than 113 different cannabinoids found in hemp plants. So hemp is what CBD comes from. We'll get into more of the specifics later about like the different types of CBD, like how to know if you're getting the right stuff or not. But some analysts are estimating that this huge CBD market value in health and wellness specifically is going to hit around like 2 billion in 2022. And the biggest growth point of CBD has been in the past three years. Now I'm sure some of that is like COVID boredom or like people wanting to like chill out during COVID. Um, But a lot of it ties to this like farm bill that was passed in 2018 in the US. And I'll get into that later as well. But that opened up a lot of opportunity for companies to have more opportunity to like market the product. And also just consumer awareness of CBD got uh, like more buzzy. And also with like the legalization of marijuana in some states that also has kind of opened the doors for CBD to become more mainstream. So CBD at large, like, as I said before, it doesn't make you high. Now it's either going to be hemp derived or marijuana derived. And this is all going to differ on, so this is also U.S. context. So like international girlies, like things are probably going to be a little bit different for you guys, but depending where you live in the United States and the laws in your state or country, if country, if you're outside the U.S., you might have access to both marijuana derived products and hemp derived CBD products. Or you might only have access to hemp-derived CBD products if marijuana is not legal in your state. Or you could also live in a place where you have no access to CBD products. Like, even if you order on the internet, you could be putting yourself at a fault. Like, if the mail services, like, detects that it does have CBD, like, you could be fault there. But kind of CBD from, like, a, a broad health perspective, like, okay, Kate, like, why would I even want to try CBD? Um, I'm sure you guys know, but it interacts with your endocannabinoid system, which you've probably heard about a lot. And this is a regulatory system that scientists named when they were trying to figure out how cannabis affects the body. So if you guys want to learn more about like, I would say weed and drugs and all that stuff. Um, I read like Michael Pollan's, is it mind on plants? Mm -hmm. Um, he doesn't really talk about CBD a ton, but he just talks about like drugs and kind of how that affects your system at large, like caffeine, he considers a drug as well. So I would consider to go listen to that. Um, and if you're a CMOS girly, definitely go into like the book section. If you've read anything about CBD that you like have found to be interesting or just weed or like, yeah, marijuana legalization and the politics behind it and all that stuff. So when it comes to CBD, you know, we talk a lot about regulation in this podcast and kind of how that affects health and wellness. So since CBD is technically a supplement, right, it's not going to be regulated by the FDA, but CBD kind of exists in its own category outside of supplements, I would say. 
And the FDA has been pretty slow to act. And this is just because the regulatory process in the US is an extremely archaic, just dry and boring like rulemaking process. It requires so many branches of government to check stuff like paper filing back and forth, all this boring like office stuff about legal language and making sure it's cleared, not only in like the city level, but also the state level and the federal level. So it just naturally takes a long time to approve something like CBD. So kind of the process of like FDA regulation, if you guys are more of like a political girl and want to know about this, CBD is considered to be what is called a new dietary ingredient. I'm going to call it an NDI for brevity. So the review process is very slow. So it could be things like conducting lab tests. So giving people a CBD product, seeing how they respond to it. Research studies about where the CBD is sourced from. And then the next process between that, like after a company has made a a product, or let's say the government is now like trying to make its own CBD or something like that, you're going to have to submit data. I don't know why my computer does that. I think it did in the last episode. I'll show it to my shitty Dell Dell laptop. Um, But okay, so then let's say there's a CBD product that the FDA is going to evaluate. You're going to have to submit data to the FDA. And then the FDA is going to like look at the efficacy, like who did you try this on? Like, was it a diverse amount of like people trying this? Was where the trials conducted well? You know, all the, all the boring like medical journals, like it's going to have to go through that process. And then it's going to have to go through feedback, like going back to the companies that made the CBD. Like you guys did not follow this process. You guys only gave it to like straight white men or something. You guys tested on rats. We want to see human studies. And then there's going to be revisions. So that's kind of like the legal nitty gritty of why it takes forever. But CBD products at large have not been evaluated by the FDA to determine what the proper dosage is. So if you're hearing that, just consider that because every single product in the market, there's not a recommended dose. You know, supplements as well. Um, I think some supplements, when you see that little, it looks like a a cross symbol, Mm -hmm. like the recommended dose of your vitamin D or something like that. CBD does not have a proper dosage. So a company could like say something on the product that like, this is, your, this is a dosage of our product. Like, let's say it's a bottle of gummy bears and it's like one gummy bear is the dosage. That's not a standardized measurement in the US. So it can differ a ton. And I think that's been my, my own feedback with CBD. If I go from like one product to one product, like one will make me feel just like super lethargic and slow and buzzy. And the other one, I won't feel a damn thing. Yeah. Um, see, FDA also has not really studied or evaluated yet at the le- level of how CBD interacts with other drug and foods and whether there are like dangerous side effects or safety concerns. So when you're thinking about the part with drug and foods, like let's say you are drinking a recess. I don't know if recess claims to have CBD. I think it says hemp on their product, but let's say you're buying a CBD brownie or something. The FDA doesn't actually know how that interacts with like the brownie. So like the flour, the sugar that it was cooked with, all of that shit has not been evaluated either. So that's just another gray area with CBD. The only area that CBD actually is approved is gonna be a very few scenarios. And one is going to be the treatment of epilepsy through this drug called Epidiolex, I believe. Um, And so when it gets back to the government, so Congress through this 2018 farm bill legalized hemp derived products. So that means that now like there is a huge opportunity for everyone to like use hemp, like it's not uh, criminalized by the government at this point, but CBD still can't be used as an additive in foods and beverages because um, of the active ingredients in like the prescription drug Epidiolex. So the issue comes now is that like, there's this patchwork inconsistent system of state regulations. And oftentimes like what's happening in New Jersey to New York are going to contradict each other. And so a lot of people don't know, like what the fuck's a legit CBD product? Like does, can the government even regulate it? Like if I were to buy, I still don't even know this. Like if I were to buy CBD that was made in California, could I get in trouble? Right. Just because I don't know where it was made from the dosage, like if New York considers that to be the same, Um, so yeah, it's just, it's like patchwork and it it puts it on the consumer. That's why I think there just has been this like really almost like lethargic reaction to CBD. Like, I feel like a lot of people might've tried CBD, but I don't know that many people that are like, yep, I take my CBD every single day. I go to this place and it's like a very consistent part of their routine. It feels very random for most people in the wellness Mm -hmm. space, I think. Um, but who knows? I could be speaking broadly on that one. Um, so yeah, the FDA, which is like the government body if you're not in the U.S. hasn't approved any non-prescription CBD products it has like for that one epidemiolex, X but that would you'd have to have a prescription for the treatment of epilepsy to get access to that and another issue is that uh, on a study by the FDA more than half of the CBD products they tested were inaccurately labeled 
Many of them contain significantly more or less CBD than the package indicated. Um, and one study revealed that only about like 31% of products were accurately labeled. Um, so that's a huge red, huge red flag um, that there's this lack of clear regulatory framework. And so now there's just this uh, dangerous like amount of mislabeled products on the market. And that, you know, that is bad on space, right? Because you as an individual could be buying a quote bad CBD product, but it just goes and delegitimizes the whole industry of CBD, right? Let's say you're starting a CBD company and you go to the highest standards that we're going to talk about, like the key certifications, you have all that shit, but you know, 31% of the products in your industry are fucked up. No one's going to trust you. Right. So I think that's another issue with the consumer like regulation side of CBD that like people just don't trust that you're getting a good product. I know I don't, I feel like most of the time when I'm looking at stuff, I'm like, okay, this kind of looks like snake oil. I'm going to keep going. Um, so if you are looking to buy CBD, here are some of the key things to look for in a product. The first thing that is like kind of the gold standard of CBT is going to be called a COA, which is a certificate of analysis. So this is what you think it is. This means that it's been third-party tested by an outside laboratory. And this is the outside lab actually doesn't have a stake in the product. So that's another thing that gets confusing when you read websites often for health and wellness companies. Sometimes if you dig through the weeds, you could figure out that like, oh, they funded their own trials, which means that there's just like this issue where they're going to lie about the results. Like if you are someone that's working for the company, that's like testing the product, that's not the highest level of efficacy. Right. Um, the next thing that you can look for is that it's made with U S grown hemp. Um, it passes a test for pesticides and heavy metals and molds, according to the COA. So the issue with pesticides and heavy metals and molds, right. If you're like a health and wellness girly is that there's a very huge shortage of actually domestically produced CBD. And much of the CBD in the U.S. has been sourced from overseas markets such as China. And hemp as a plant is going to be called what is like a bioaccumulator, which means that it absorbs everything in the soil which it's planted. So if you know where my head's going, if the soil is not properly tested, and you guys know about soil degradation, like literally all of our crops, soil contamination from the prior crops are going to be pretty likely in most hemp extracts. So this could include like herbicides, pesticides, and metal that are now going into your CBD just because of like hemp as a plant is a bioaccumulator, right? Um, the other thing that you have to look for when you are sourcing is that it contains no more than 0.3% THC, which is also going to be according to the certificate of analysis. So when you as a consumer are looking, like you just should be really looking for the number of milligrams in not only in the entire bottle, then go to look at the number of milligrams in the dose. That's going to tell you the bang for a buck, right? Like if you're looking at a product, let's say you're kind of scared or skeptical of CBD and you want to be like only taking 10 milligrams or something like that, a really small dosage, you still might be spending like $500, but not actually getting a product that's going to give you any benefits, you know, not saying $500, which is being a little bit crazy with the ballparks there, but um, that's an area to watch out for. So just look at like, how much is going to be in one serving and then how much is in the whole bottle. And that's how you can kind of scale costs when you are looking for it. Right. Cause as you guys know, some things you just have to pay more for to get the better quality of it. Like, I don't know, like that's kind of how I go about sourcing a probiotic. I know that that's kind of what I'm paying for per unit, but if you do like divide the total bottle by how amount of servings, I hope you guys at this point of your life can figure out that's how you can figure out how much stuff costs. Um, if it doesn't already have it on the label, even something like peanut butter or an expensive nut butter. Like if there's 16 servings in there and it's $16, it's a dollar a serving. That's what you're paying for. So the three main types of CBD and like that ass before this episode, I did not really know there were three types. I just thought it was all the same fucking bucket. Um, there's going to be full spectrum CBD, CBD isolate, and then broad spectrum CBD. I don't even know what my, the products, the, like the few products that I can think of that I've tried were. Um, I feel like I recognize broad spectrum, like the most for whatever reason, but I have no idea. I also think like I've consumed products that say they have hemp extract. I think that's what recess says. And I didn't do like any digging about like that difference just because this was like focused on CBD, but that's like another, um, term that you may see on products. So this gets kind of like the scientific part of like the actual plant extract and how it's extracted and harvested and then like put into a product. So full spectrum CBD is going to contain all of the naturally available compounds of the cannabis plant. The next standard is going to be the broad spectrum CBD. It has all of the naturally occurring compounds, except it doesn't have THC. So all of the THC or a small amount is actually going to be removed from broad spectrum. 
And then the last form is going to be CBD isolate, which is the purest form of CBD. So it's going to be isolated from all other compounds of the hemp plant. So like if you as a consumer are looking to buy a CBD product, kind of like which one should you go for? So if a, if a CBD product, once again, contains everything that goes on in the can, uh, cannabis plant extract, such as the terpenes and other cannabinoids, that's going to be the full spectrum C- CBD, and it can have up to 1 or 0.3% THC in it. So broad spectrum CBD is kind of the next level down that will never have THC. So this could be a good product for those that are just like looking to avoid THC at all. Maybe you have a drug dependency or maybe you just don't ever want to like get drug tested and like be worried about that. You could get the broad spectrum one. Um, And those who are like wishing to avoid just like any kind of traces of THC, because like technically broad spectrum could have very, very small doses of it. CBD isolate is going to be like your most safe bet to go forward with CBD isolate. But the issue is, is that like when you think about extracting something, CBD products contain like the ones that contain multiple cannabinous plant compounds like CBD, the full spectrum and broad, they're going to have all the parts of the endocannabinoids and like the different things that aren't just like the only the health benefit, if that makes sense. So it might produce more prominent results if you do go for those two, because like the CBD isolate doesn't have like these other parts of the plant, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a good metaphor of that, like PB2, for example, we always talk, love to talk about PB2, like, yes, you're still getting like that, you know, the peanuts in it, but you're like taking out the fat of the product. So you might not get like the full absorption. That's kind of the same thing with CBD, or I guess that's like the best metaphor I can think of on the spot here that CBD isolate, like you're taking out so many things of it. It still might not prove you the most results. So I think it's just like a, you weighing out, like, are you looking for results? Are you looking for, you know, safety with it? And then the last part about it, um, I know we got a few questions about like Amazon, because maybe like you guys shop on Amazon. And so a lot of online retailers, as you can imagine, just since I've already kind of laid out the shit show of regulation around CBD, a lot of online retailers are very notorious for misrepresenting products, um, like the the language around CBD and hemp, because before like the, the 2018 farm bill, it was very taboo, if not illegal to even discuss the sale of CBD on the internet. So companies had to get pretty tricky about how they would advertise it online. And so like, there's just a lot of misrepresentation at large and Amazon, for, exis- for example, doesn't allow the sale of CBD products. So if you ever search CBD on Amazon, it's going to present stuff that's called like a hemp seed oil, but those products actually don't have CBD. Um, so that's just a big red flag. I mean, I don't shop on Amazon. I don't support Amazon as is, but that's like something to look out for if you're just doing a quick Google search and you're like, okay, add to cart hemp seed oil. Like I'm getting it. That's not actually um, a CBD product. So now we have like the health kind of sides of CBD. I'm sure you've heard it's great for athletes. It's great for sleep. Anxiety could be good. Here's kind of the reasons why and like who maybe should consider different rabbit holes of CBD. So when it comes to athletic recovery, CBD, you know, the cannabis compound has been touted for healing effects without getting you high. That's kind of like what I've heard about it most. Um, Whenever I follow fitness people that talk about CBD, the biggest thing is it's going to help alleviate aches, inflammation, So there was a 2020 review of like the benefits of CBD and it was on like animal focused studies and like very, very preliminary research. It said it may help reduce inflammation and pain, but scientists at large were saying that like more research is definitely needed on this just because of like the sample size of who was tested and like if the products were actually like quote good quality CBD products. So broadly speaking though, it does decrease inflammation when it's rubbed on muscles. So you might see those little like CBD gel rollers or sort of like lotion or a cream or something like that. Um, that's kind of the biggest way I think like athletes are. If you've ever taken icy hot before, um, they, they throw that on athletes all the time. CBD is like a, I've heard like hippie wellness people talk about it as like a clean icy hot. Um, so you can rub it on sore muscles and stuff, but The main observation is that like studies that are directly looking at CBD and sports performance are lacking. And so like you only can really speculate about the results, like the empirical data is not there. So you can't conclusively say that like CBD is the reason that your inflammation will go away um, and in turn reduce muscle soreness. So that's kind of like how to seek out a health claim. Like you can't denote like CBD is the main thing. Now this gets into an interesting issue for our girlies that are student athletes, maybe because um, the NCAA, which is like the sports, uh, the national something sports, whatever it's college sports in the U S 
their band substance list actually bans all cannabinoids, both CBD and THC. So even players with epilepsy, like I said before, you're the only people that are able to get prescribed it from the FDA. You still could get that showing up on a drug test and you could get penalized from it. So that's something that sucks um, that the NCAA is kind of in old timer land. and doesn't realize that like CBD might be beneficial to athletes. Um, and the, the recommended dose for athletes is often going to be about like 300 milligrams taken orally. But some people say that they found benefit with like as little as 20 milligrams, which is like a common dose for supplements. So you can play around with like how much you add. And I think that's an issue with um, creams and gels and stuff is that you can't really like identify dosage as easily, you know, like you can rub it on and think you're getting a certain amount. Um, so that's just another cautionary tale as well with CBD. Yes. And then CBD and sleep. Cause I feel like, you know, it does have a very calming and like chilling, relaxing effect. And so it makes sense to take it to help promote better sleep. Just as you know, we take our L-theanine, valerian root, magnesium right before bed. But um, there is research that does show that, you know, CBD can interact with different like receptors and like chemicals and proteins in the body that correlate to our like sleep and circadian rhythms. And there have been a few studies a few decades ago that I was reading from different medical journals that have shown that CBD decreases sleep onset latency, which essentially is just like the duration of time it takes you to like basically fall asleep from like when you like turn off your lights and are like, okay, I'm going to go to bed to like actually falling asleep. It also then helped decrease disrupting your waking during like the sleep cycle. So you're like, weren't waking up as much and also an increase more levels of like deep sleep and decreased REM sleep. So there is like some significant research that does show that like CBD can improve your overall quality of sleep. And in 2017, there was a study of over 1,500 individuals. And they found that basically two thirds of them decreased their use of pharmaceutical sleep medications once they began the use of cannabis and other like CBD products to help them like fall asleep. And so there is like the potential that like you could perhaps, you know, wean yourself off of like pharmaceutical like sleep medications and just like solely use like CBD or be less dependent on those. But again, there is going, this is going to be a common theme like throughout like a few of these segments is that like more research just like needs to be done to fully understand how CBD influences sleep. I think again, like CBD is very much like a new product. I think that is like becoming more readily available. And so through that, you know, the research is, you know, behind and lacking. And I think in order for any of us to really fully know, like the true influence that it can have on us, research does need to be done. And especially like in dosage and administration techniques, so like a lot of the journals that I was reading, like different like studies that I've read, they were using like dosages that like range between like 10 to 600 milligrams. And so there's not really any like controlled dosage. And with that, we can't really give like a general recommendation for like the general public. And I think like, that's why like there is so many like issues and like discrepancies and like, you know, the dosages that you might see on a packaging versus like what's actually in the product. And you know, since again, like CBD is primarily used to calm, to nerve, to calm the nervous system, excuse me, those who experience insomnia, it kind of makes sense or that you would experience better sleep. Cause if you're experiencing insomnia due to anxiety, you know, CBD will maybe help chill you out and thus help you fall asleep better. And then that gets into anxiety. So CBD does have a broad, like pharmacological profile and including like interactions with different receptors in the brain specifically known to regulate fear and anxiety related behaviors. And these include the cannabinoid type one, and other receptors that kind of, again, yeah, regulate these like fear, anxiety induced behaviors. Um, and research has shown that like CBD can reduce acute increases in heart rate and blood pressure that are often caused by restraint and stress. And the required dosage range, again, is going to vary by individuals in like order for you to like feel, you know, the effects of CBD to kind of like reduce your feelings of like anxiety. Many studies have used six to 400 milligrams. And I think like, again, that's just like where you're going to have to play around with like dosages. And even though, you know, that comes with like other supplements, like some people can tolerate like 800 milligrams of magnesium and some people can only tolerate like 200. So again, like everyone's body is unique. And so what works for one person may not work for the other. So unfortunately, yeah. Like it does require a lot of experimentation, which can be like, kind of like freaky, but I then kind of wanted to like do like research or digging into like CBD versus like adaptogens. And like, if you can take them together, cause I think like a lot of CMOS girlies specifically, you know, a lot of people always ask about like, 
stress supplement remedies. And a lot of people are always wondering, like, should I take adaptogens or CBD? And I think, you know, this will ultimately come down to like what you feel more comfortable taking. And I do think that like with adaptogens, it's more like readily available. Like you can probably like purchase some sort of adaptogen at your like local health store versus like CBD. Um, but essentially like they both share very like similar functions, right. And like basically helping our bodies respond to stressors. So adaptogens specifically, you know, we've done a few episodes on like adaptogens, but they increase this like non-specific resistance and stress and basically prolongs our resistance to stress. So our bodies can remain more like in a state of homeostasis longer versus like immediately becoming exhausted or immediately like plummeting because of like stress and anxiety in our lives. But adaptogens are a plant abstract and that's why CBD isn't considered an adaptogen, even though it has like adaptogenic like effects because it is a molecule and not a plant extract. And now there are like some founders and people in the field, you know, of like health and wellness than that have like CBD and like adaptogen, you know, brands that have made claims about like the powers of combining the two. There was one founder who was mentioned in an article that I was reading that like the anti-inflammatory and anti-anxiety benefits of CBD pair synergistically with the immune adrenal and stress support of adaptogenic herbs. Now there's like literally no research that like that is like true at all. And so, you know, there needs to be more research basically on like how CBD interacts with other substances and like adaptogens. And so, you know, because of that, we don't really know if that is actually going to be true, but also like, there isn't really any reason to be fearful of like, you know, some like weird interaction between like CBD and like ashwagandha or like maca powder. Yeah. One thing I was going to add to all that is that I really, now I'm kind of thinking about this from a hormonal perspective. Like, I don't really think your hormones could get entirely dysregulated from CBD, but that's going to be another thing that I feel like the research on this is going to take so much longer because like, as we know, when clinical studies first go out, they test on old white men. And like, by the time they get around to testing women, like that could be five years before the FDA clears it. Um, so that's just another thing to consider with CBD. Yeah. And there, you know, there are like many products, you know, on the market that do offer some sort of like blend of like adaptogens and CBD, like recess, we've like mentioned that like a million times, shout out yeah. recess again, like, you know, they have like the hemp extract and then there's like, you know, American ginseng and like ashwagandha, or I'm like making up some of these, but like, you know, there are products on the market that do combine all of them. But I think if you are like seeking, I think from like a really like specific, like almost like scientific way of like, okay, I want to get like the most bang for my buck. I actually want to feel like true effects and like be serious about my like CBD consumption and adaptogens to like actually address my stress and anxiety and not just like kind of treat it as like some like silly little thing that you do like here and there, which I'm sure like most of us do is that you should like be working with like isolated adaptogens and not blends because that way you're really going to know that like oh yeah, when I take like CBD and ashwagandha, I feel super duper calm. And when I feel like when I take like CBD and cordyceps, I feel like fully like fat shit crazy, or I like don't feel any difference. And that you're, that way you're going to like actually know what herb is actually benefiting you. Cause I feel like, again, Kate and I also talk about this a lot, just when you are taking supplements, not just to take a bunch of like bullshit at once, like actually be intentional with like the products, take things for a specific reason because otherwise you're like, not really going to know what's like occurring, like inside of you. And you're not going to like, actually be able to, you know, pinpoint actual like effects. And, you know, the best, like probably way to go about this would be to see a traditional herbalist. Now I know that's like, not really practical for a lot of people, but you know, there are like a lot of like herbalists that do specialize in these sort of like, you know, blending of like CBD and other adaptions to like actually make like very like tailored and personalized, like almost like holistic remedies that could actually like benefit you the most. And, you know, the one benefit of that is that like, you know, kind of cuts through the bullshit and like you have like someone who can like actually guide you versus you like spiraling in the supplement section or like whatever iherb.com. Yeah. And I think with that too, like if you actually want to be serious about replacing, let's say your nighttime adaptogens or your magnesium for CBD, like how I would probably go about it is like one week without taking anything. And that week might suck. That's one of the biggest things with switching over to supplements. Um, if you're between two things or you like are going through caffeine withdrawals or something like I would cut out, you know, magnesium, ashwagandha, all that stuff. Once again, not a licensed medical practitioner. This is just like what I would strategically do go a week with nothing and then go a week with CBD and see what happens. Cause like you have to get your body natural, like natural, like homeostasis back before you go and add CBD to something. Yes. And then kind of like the last section of like the health 
health related stuff is just like which form is most bioavailable because there's so many different ways to take um, CBD. And I think along with like supplements, you know, different, you know, products are going to have like higher, um, you know, available bioavailability essentially. And so basically if you don't know what like bioavailability means in like this context, it's just like how well a product like works in your body or like the ability for a drug or substance to be absorbed and utilized in the body. So with like CBD bioavailability, it's just essentially like the percentage that will be actually absorbed into your bloodstream. And the main factors that are going to impact CBD bioavailability are largely going to include like the kind of product and like the manner that you take it in. And like the biggest rule of thumb, if you like are seeking to increase your availability of CBD is to pair it with a fat source, mainly because CBD is like highly fat soluble. So if you're like trying to make some sort of like CD, CBD edible, you will like, maybe you like want to mix it with like peanut butter or something. I don't know. Like people like, I'm actually not going to, I don't want to like talk about weed and whatnot, but like, there's this like known like edible where it's like it's called like a firecracker and you mix like weed with like peanut butter or whatever anyway <laughs> um but so the first one is like a tincture so with like a tincture obviously this is going to be like an oil and if you're buying a cbd oil the product will likely include a carrier oil to kind of like stabilize and preserve the cbd within it to help your body absorb it and one interesting thing is that if you're taking a CBD oil, you need to like hold the oil under your tongue for 60 to 90 seconds to allow for the mucous membranes to fully absorb it, which explains why I probably have never felt jacked <laughs> oil that I have in my bedroom because I just like, you know, pump it under my tongue and I'm like, Ooh, like I should like feel something, yeah, but yeah. no, I need to like be intentional and hold it like underneath my tongue for 60 to 90 seconds. So, um, dumb move on, on my part, but you know, you live and you learn. Um, but with like a tincture also, you know, the oil is going to pass through the liver and go straight into the, the digestive system. And then instead it gets like metab or it'll pass through the liver and digestive system, but then instead we'll just get metabolized by enzymes. And so that's why the bioavailability of like a tincture is like significantly high at like 20 to 50%. So like if you're taking, you know, 500 milligrams, like, you know, and if you absorb like 50% of it, that's still like a significant amount. Next will be like vaping. I don't really know how many people vape. Wait, but... no, Emma, when we got those CBD vapes? This oh, vape, wait. <laughs> that tasted like garbage. I found mine the other day when I was cleaning through my apartment and I'd like tried it and I don't know if it's rotten or something, but it literally just tastes disgusting. I, they, girlies, these like looked like e-cigarettes. <laughs> like, no, they didn't. They looked like we were, it was like the first iteration of a vape. It was clunky. It was like the size of my iPhone. Well, no, it had, was so funny. Like it had like the, like the little, like it like looked like a USB drive stick. And then you put this like little, like read it looked like, like a, you were playing a fucking, that, like into it oh my god it was the stupidest thing it looked like I felt like I was walking down the street playing a fucking clarinet <laughs> it was just fucking embarrassing yeah. I don't even remember what I don't even I that brand probably doesn't even exist anymore how did we even get that you know girly is that's what happens when you get a mean you become a mean ad, admin you get weird fucking dms and you say yes and what the hell was that era so yeah so I guess Kate and I have experienced the CBD vaping era but mm. um so if you're into vaping cool but I just, vaping is just like so funny to me. It just like feels so like elementary, but um, there's also so many vape shops like in my neighborhood that I'm just like, this is like ridiculous. Like yeah. cut it out. That and GoPuff, I'm like, I have beef with because I'm just like, your establishments are ugly. Anyway, that's for another episode. Um, so vaping is going to be the fastest method as of ingesting like CBD as it goes straight into the lungs. And vaporizing also will have a bio bioavailability anywhere from like 10 to 60%. So it does have like the largest bioavailability percentage out of like all the substances that I'm talking about here. But with vaping, one thing to keep in mind is that like, you just need to be cautious of like the heat because if it overheats the compounds from like the CBD could convert potentially into like hazardous chemicals and who knows what could happen with that. Next is like cream and topicals as Kate mentioned, which I feel like if you are, are an athlete, this is probably like the main way that you maybe have experienced with like CBD. Now, it's not going to actually get fully absorbed into your bloodstream. And instead it's going to get absorbed through pores in your skin and then penetrate into inner layers of your skin. And so some absorption may take place, but it's going to be significantly low. And so you can alleviate some sort of discomfort or like feel the impacts of like a CBD cream. If you apply it like liberally now, what liberally means, I don't know. That could be like literally scooping up like half of the container. So if that's the case and like, you're kind of getting ripped off with like most of these cream products, which I feel like if you are seeking to get the most bang for your buck, creams and topicals are not the best way to go about it. And also creams and topicals only have a bioavailability of like five to 10%. So like, even if you do absorb anything, it's going to be such a little amount that like, you won't even notice anything. Yeah. 
Next is going to be gummies and edibles. And so these are kind of like, have like the same similar process to like when you take a medication with a meal, the body processes the compound in the digestive system, which then is going to pass through the stomach into your liver, which then gets metabolized and then released into the bloodstream. And so the bioavailability of like edibles will range from like 13 to 19%. But this is why tinctures are going to be more bioavailable versus like, you know, a gummy or soft gel, et cetera, because it's immediately absorbed into the bloodstream. I think also just like one thing to keep in mind too, is that like with edibles and whatnot, just like looking at like the other ingredients, like there could be like a lot of like other like additives that like, you know, like the main ingredient might just be like gelatin or like sugar, which is like fine, obviously. But if you're like solely like, I just like want purely like CBD, I feel like, you know, you're probably better off like experimenting with some sort of like tincture where it's just like purely CBD. And then next is like beverages, our favorite. We love our silly little beverages. Um, but kind of like discussing and like figuring out, you know, can CBD interact with caffeine? Like what about alcohol, et cetera? Like how does CBD even exist in water? If it's like, you know, highly fat soluble. And so that's like the biggest thing that a lot of like beverage companies have like experience is like, how do you, you know, mix CBD in like a seltzer water? And so there's like this certain process essentially where like, they must like have another agent added to the CBD and allow it for like infusion without, you know, because without this, like, you're not really going to be able to create like some sort of CBD beverage. And like, if you can't make CBD soluble in water, the the bioavailability is like significantly low, like can hover at like literally no more than 4%. Um, and so I do think like the CBD beverage market, you know, that is like growing and expanding. And I think like they will become more strategic and like how they're able to like, you know, significantly increase the potency of CBD and beverages, but then, um, kind of like CBD and caffeine, again, there's going to be little science on the interaction between the two, but CBD and caffeine are going to have opposite effects on the endocannabinoid system. And so if you mix CBD with caffeine, you will essentially like alleviate jitters. So it could be like a beneficial addition to your caffeine. If you are like super sensitive, um, you know, some people like to add lion's mane and like other adaptogens to help like reduce jitteriness. So that could be helpful for you. And then CBD and alcohol, if you're someone who drinks alcohol, um, you know, they can interact with one another if it's taking four to eight hours apart from each other. So, you know, if you're drinking wine at dinner, and then taking CBD before bed, it could actually increase the effects of CBD or the wine and both, you know, offer relaxation and like lower your inhibitions. So it can make people extremely sedated when mixed together. And this is why it's like probably not the best idea to like consume alcohol and CBD together because like it could just make you extremely exhausted and it could like really like heighten the effects that the both of the substances have on your body. And again, more research needs to be done and, you know, how CBD interacts with different substances and chemicals, but that is just kind of like a rule of thumb, avoid alcohol and CBD together, but CBD and water, you're good. Yeah. I think this gets into a big issue that ties into the next part about like why CBD products are so expensive and like, why is it this kind of like hidden market or like a really specialty niche thing? Because when you go to the health store, oftentimes I feel like my access, even back in Minnesota, when I go to a health store, there are like three CBD tinctures and maybe one gummy. And there's not really one brand in the market. There's not a monopoly of like, this is the one CBD brand you take. Like in the alternative milk category, there's like a few big players that everyone kind of knows. In the nut butter space, there's kind of that uh, as well. In the magnesium space, there's a few key brands, even in the supplement space at large, you know, we all have a few brands that we do feel like there is an efficacy and trustworthiness around. And the CBD products just look like shit. They look like there's a scrappy label on that someone made at FedEx on this oil. Um, You know, I think whenever you go on like Google a website and a scammy website comes up, you know, when there's like a fake like credit card entry thing and there's like a fake certification on the bottom and it's like, it's secretly a PDF. It's not actually like a real, you know, image. Or when you go on a website and you look at like, is this a secured website or not? Like, that's how I feel about the whole CBD thing when you are going for that in-person store experience to find it. And that's probably just a sourcing thing. Like since the CBD like is often derived from hemp or if it is derived from marijuana, it's going to depend on your state and like if marijuana is legal. Um, but it still, it still feels very homemade. It feels very handcrafty. Like we're still at the farmer's market level. Like it's not actually a high, a, a aesthetically high quality supplement, right? Now there are a lot of direct consumer brands that are like in the space where they can manufacture a pretty bottle 
and they have an Instagram that like subtly hints at CBD as a product. It's been very interesting. There's a few brands that I follow or like maybe I've done social content with and the way that they have to message their Instagram like feed post captions around CBD, it's so interesting, right? And like I was saying earlier on TikTok, I did an ad for a company that had CBD and they like made me follow this language brief to a T or the whole ad could have been flagged. Um, so that's another per- like thing that prohibits people from really feeling like one, CBD is something safe and good for me. And then two, even having information about CBD. Like, why would you go take something if there's literally no information on social media about it? Oh, because it's taboo and like, we can't talk about it. Um, so some reasons why CBD are so is so expensive, I think a lot of this will be intuitive, but one is because it's new, like I just said. So just like any products that recently has hit the market, CBD oil products are experiencing price inflation. The second thing with the supply side, at least, is that the, Im- the imbalance is going to be due to the fact that this bill passed in 2018, the Farm Bill of 2018. Um, that was the first time that hemp farming was like uh, made legal by this bill. And so as of December 20th, 2018, like that's the first green light that all these like manufacturers have got to go ahead and like one, invest in hemp farming or, you know, thinking about every side of it. Like they have to have machines to actually extract, extent, ex, oh my God, what is the word I'm looking for? Extract hemp. They have to have, you know, bottles and packaging. Like Emma and I were saying off the pod, or maybe we said this on the pod, I don't remember, but I feel like a lot of companies in the wellness space they're either a CBD company or they're a wellness company, right? You know, companies like Gold, they don't have a CBD product. Um, Moon Juice doesn't have a CBD product. Like, I think companies are just a CBD brand or they are like an everything catch-all brand. And so I think there's like an, an, a huge um, time frame where like companies haven't caught up to add CBD into their product just because it wasn't legal for a very long time. The next thing is that a driving factor of cost is the extraction process. This is what I was looking for earlier. So um, the extraction of CBD is like comes from a hemp biomass in this, like the production cycle. So if you think about it, you know, there's very limited amount of processors in the U.S. that actually know how to extract this. So even if farmers have an interest to like incorporate hemp in their rotation, they don't have the right machines to fucking do it. Um, And the cost of extraction is also keeping this like uh, as a high product at the end of the day that the consumers see. And then the last part I already kind of spoke about, but like major search engines, social media sites, and broadcasting news networks severely restrict or ban CBD advertising. So even the most responsible of companies can't really talk about their product. They can't reach their intended audience. It makes this huge barrier for CBD companies to find their consumer. So they have to go to these labor intensive avenues for marketing, which is another cost that's added to their business, right? They can't, they can't rely on like, I guess they can sort of rely on influencers, but they can't rely on a lot of this um, natural marketing that doesn't do any like upfront labor costs to them. Um, And then the last part of CBD, I think this is the kind of white elephant in the room. Like, yeah, we have mass incarceration in this country. Um, How come all these white wellness companies are now profiting off of CBD, right? Um, I think this is the biggest, like I would say lesson for people that are going to seek out CBD, support a company that the, the founders are of color, Um, support a company where they are donating to bail funds or something like that. The vast majority of CBD entrepreneurs are white. And the reason that that's not really surprising is that CBD businesses, just like any other business venture, need capital um, and they have to go to venture capital to raise money. Um, As of 2018, only 3% of VC firms in the US were black, right? So when you think about like going to raise money, if you are a um, like a woman of color that is starting a CBD company, you are going to be in a room full of white men, right? That just leaves a huge imbalance to companies getting off the ground and getting the capital that they need to go start these companies. Um, now, some companies that we have Googled and like done a little bit of research, once again, Emma and I are kind of newbies to the CBD space. Um, a few that I have seen that are like uh, women of color owned, Brown Girl Jane is a really good one. They were like, there was a Forbes business article about how the company kind of like launched itself, bootstrapped originally, and then got capital. And then Buena Botanicals, um, they're a beauty line actually, but they're like one of the most refined beauty lines on the market, incredible certifications across their products. And then one company that I've seen for like a fairly long time, I think they're just direct to consumer, um, but it's not pot. I don't know if people have seen it, but I think they're like kind of in that wellness niche where like their aesthetic is like kind of pink millennial cutesy products, little gummy bears. 
Um, but the reason that NotPot is really special is that they have something called like the NotPot Bail Fund. And it's a self-funded organization designed to combat mass incarceration. And so they donate like um, a portion. And then they also just have like an ongoing, uh, you know, research and investment into like uh, combating mass incarceration with their product and like their company vision and like how they go about hiring and like sourcing new products is like really um, equitable as well. And just reading directly from their website, like they take a very political stance, which I really like to see in a company since like CBD is just like, so, you know, I think that's another thing, like the taboos around weed, right. You know, people think that, oh, like CBD is just like this, this like white woman thing. Uh, But then if you were to say like, oh, I smoke weed, people have these like images that are just entirely rooted in racism, right? Um, So it's just like such a a social class thing when we talk about CBD versus weed. And so NotPot on their website, they say that cannabis has deep tangled roots in our country. The enforcement of cannabis laws reveal some of the United States justice system's starkest racial disparities. While cannabis use has been roughly equal amongst Black and white Americans, Black Americans are nearly four times as likely to be arrested for possession. And what's worse, after even after cannabis was legalized in Colorado, arrest rates for Black and Hispanic youth rose by more than 50%, while arrests of white youth declined by 10%. So at the core of their company existing, right, I think that's one thing that's really inspiring with wellness companies, like, why does this product exist? They are here to solve that issue with their product, right? They're here to give you a CBD gummy that's like making you chill out a little bit. But they have a higher order goal in their company as well, which is why I think like they're a bigger standout company to me. Um, but that's not to say if you CMS girlies are like more educated on the CBD stuff or like you live in a different country or you have a favorite or like you have a favorite website that lists out CBD companies, shoot it out in Geneva. Um, I feel like we don't have a lot of conversations about CBD in there. So let's break down those walls and chat about CBD. Uh, those There'll be some more memes. I'm going to look into like, you know, meme copyright law or some shit and see if we could do some CBD memes or if we're going to get zucked and have to ban our account or something like that. Yeah, you know, that would be a good good additional topic for us to be able to throw into the mix of um, memes for when we come back from the from the ground. Yeah, once again, let us know if you miss us. <laughs> and when I don't really know. <laughs> we said one month later, but we're like, are people knocking on the door for more memes or not? Two months, three months, four years, five years. <laughs> Now we're just being little cynical bitches. Um, But it's 8 p.m. on a Sunday. Emma, how are you going to spend the rest of it? I, it's like snowing randomly outside. Apparently, according to my weather app, I'm just going to chill out and I'm probably going to drink some magnesium and then take my gem night bite. (laughs) Night bite? Night bite. Go to bed early. I'm going to swim tomorrow. Um, Hopefully I can train with the the triathlon team, I, girlies, I got to, I got pulled into training with, um, yeah, tell me what happened. Triathlon team at the pool, whatever, last week. And like, I was training with like the head, the head guy, USA triathlon, like level two coach, like founder of whatever this like team. He's like, Oh yeah, come train with us, whatever. Cause there was like limited space for like all the randos like me who just like swim for pleasure. And it was just like me and a bunch of buff dudes, like truly like just buff jacked, like college students like just graduated like yeah um you got the picture I was gonna say was it like gender inclusive was it all guys it was all guys it was it, it leaned heavily um lots of masculine energy that lots day. of like, testosterone okay um but I kept up with them I was great and he was like yeah you should like train with us more like you know 5 45 a.m on Monday you should be here I haven't shooting I haven't sent my email yet but I'm like please let me train with you and not have to pay because I don't want to pay for like to be with training with like triathlon dudes um but I'm probably gonna see them tomorrow and so you know maybe I'll make some new friends that's fun yeah but going to bed early so I can wake up at the crack house of dawn to move my body in a cold liquid always nice to get some new friends in Manhattan um I guess (laughs) you know I've been going I I've been running a lot I went on an eight mile run today some of you see my squirrelies might think that's not a lot but for me that's actually a lot to be running for like over an hour consistently. Um, so that was my fun mentally ill thing today. And yeah, the snow is not really fun. I need to go get tampons that I have to go on a venture, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, that's all I really got for updates. I'm going to take my night bite as well. If you guys want also, this is like really, I feel like no one's gonna even listen to this part of the episode, but if you guys like gem, let me know. 
because we can do some CMOS girlies stuff. If you guys like, here's a general thing. If you guys like a company, we could probably get you a discount. Emma and I can make pennies off commission. So just shout us out. Hey, Kate and Emma, can you guys get us a discount with this company, right? Like we got you with Athletic Greens and Jolies for now, but. Yeah, I hope you guys are using that Athletic Greens because truly like, I'm not even kidding you. Like probably my new favorite wellness discovery. We fucking stan Athletic Greens. Like I was on the phone call with their their brand people because I'm doing like ads for them amazing like they were so intelligent and it just made me respect the company like people aren't just working there to simp for a company they really respect the product and take it and like yeah so if you're in geneva we've gotten so many dms about athletic greens i don't know if that's because we did an ad or people are just generally curious but it's a damn good product yeah yeah but with that that's the up hope you guys are chill hope we didn't spike your cortisol levels and hopefully this you know this period this winter you know, we're coming off of the seasonal depression. It's all up from here, girlies. You made it through the hardest part of winter, right? So without further ado, I, oh my God, I used to say that always in the beginning. Why did I say that right before we closed? Um, that was my intro. And I listened to like episode one last week. I was like, why did I always say without further ado, fucking put a gun to my head. Um, but yeah, thank you, CMOS girlies for listening.